What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. I have a fantastic guest on the show with me this week. I'm speaking with Dr. Josh Axe, the founder and CEO of draxe.com, which is the top natural health website in the world with over 17 million monthly visitors. Dr. Axe is so generous in this interview, sharing his personal journey and experience. I think you're really going to love it. But before we get into that interview, I want to share with you a little update on what's going on here at Wellpreneur. As you know, with season six, we've shifted our focus to be the place for entrepreneurs who want to do well and be well. And starting today, I'm going to open the doors for founding members on my brand new membership. It's the first offering, the core offering. It's going to be my focus for the next few years for this new way to live and work. It's called Alchemy and Action. It's a monthly membership. And right now, like I said, I'm accepting founding members at a very special price, which is the lowest price ever available. And that price will last for as long as you're a member in good standing. So if you felt like, yes, <laughs> this whole idea of doing well and being well is really connecting for me, then I'd love it if you check out the new Alchemy and Action. You can learn more about it at wellpreneuronline.com slash alchemy. Now, this founding member special is actually only available until September 4th, 2019. And then you're not going to be able to get in again until I open the doors again at higher price later this autumn. So this is really looking for founding members who will help me to create this membership and build the community. Let me tell you a bit about this because at first, if I'm totally honest, I was hesitant to do a membership. And actually, if you've been a longtime community member, you'll know that Alchemy in Action started earlier this year. It started in spring 2019 as a seasonal four-week program. So I ran this these little seasonal experiences in spring and summer, and the feedback I got from these experiences is hands down the best feedback I've ever gotten from any program that I've run. The goal of Alchemy in Action is to connect you with the season, to connect you with what's going on right now so that you can use that energy to help you step into the flow in your life and work. It's making space for you. It's making space for magic. It's connecting you to yourself, to your true desires, to your community, to the seasons, to the world around you. We also include lots of um, things that we call rabbit holes where you can like go down the rabbit 
hole, right? Like in Alice in Wonderland. These are special little trainings that are de- designed to inspire you and spark your curiosity and introduce you to topics that you may have heard about, but things that you might not have delved into on your own. Things like herbal medicine, connecting with your ancestors, using crystals, what to do with the moon cycles, digestive bitters or herbal cocktails or lots of different subjects. So those things are just really designed to like spark your curiosity and and introduce you to other topics. But the core of alchemy and action is the seasonal content. So each season, you're going to get a package of like in the online membership area, I mean, like this package of seasonal content that helps you to connect with the energy of that season, provides you with rituals, remedies, meditations, the tools you need to make the most of that season for your life and work and for yourself. Now, here's what's really cool. I've designed this entire membership to support you, not overwhelm you. So all the content is bite-sized. It's easy to consume. Because it's me, I'm going to make it mainly audio content. There'll be a few videos. Of course, things are going to be transcribed so you can get the writing as well, but it's going to be mainly audio content so you can listen on the go so that it fits into your life. You know me, so you know that my content is going to be practical and actionable, even when we're talking about more woo-woo or esoteric type topics. I'm going to release this package of seasonal content at the start of each season, and it's up to you how you want to work through it. You can either binge on it and just go through it all at once, or you can let me guide you through it week by week because you've got the entire season to go through that content. But also, and here is what I'm so excited about, in addition to that seasonal content plus the rabbit holes, we're going to have a delicious seasonal ceremony that we'll do together. So that seasonal live ceremony is, we did one this summer and it's really special. We're also going to have a private Facebook group community where you can connect with other members if you want. That's totally optional. And there's going to be a really super awesome weekly email that's going to share with you the new content and a forecast about what's happening that week. What's happening with the energies or the celebrations or the moon? Is there Mercury retrograde? Like basically, what do you need to know? What's best to do this week? What's the best stuff going on in the community? Again, my intention is that alchemy and action supports you as a whole entrepreneur to help you step into the flow in your life and your work. It is not a to-do list of all this other stuff you need to do. No one has time for that, right? It's not a whole bunch of stuff you need to attend. It fits into your life and you cannot fall behind. You can't fall behind because the whole point of Alchemy in Action is it's seasonal. So all we need to do is show up for the now. What's going on right now. You don't need to catch up on all the other content because it'll come around next year. All we need to do is deal with what's going on in the world right now and connect to that to support our life and work. So my intention for Alchemy in Action is that it gives you space for you. It gives you a safe space and a community with a trusted advisor and guide, which is me, to lead you through these topics that you've always been curious about, but you might not have made time to dive into. It's also going to hold you accountable for making space and connecting to the magic, because I'm sure that you've seen in your own life and work that things just flow so much better 
when you're not pushing and forcing and just like roboting your way through things, when you're in the flow, you let it be easy. You listen to your own intuition and your own inner guidance, and you let that guide your life and work. So I would love to invite you in to this alchemy and action community with us. Again, we're accepting founding members now through September 4th, 2019 at a very special price. You can find out more about the Alchemy and Action membership at wellpreneuronline.com slash alchemy. As I said, this is my focus for the next few years. This is the community. This is where wellpreneurs who want to do well and be well are going to hang out online. This is where all the best stuff is going to be happening. And it's starting now with our small group of founding members. So if it piques your curiosity, if you feel called at all to this, I would love it if you would come check it out. Wellpreneuronline.com slash alchemy and consider joining us in this founding member group of Alchemy in Action. Okay, now it's time to listen to this interview with Dr. Josh Axe of DrAxe.com. Here's some of the things we're going to be talking about. Dr. Axe is sharing his own business journey from a chiropractor who was working in person to starting to build an online business on the side, which he really started with his newsletter, which started, believe it or not, as a physical paper newsletter and then eventually shifted over to email. So he's going to talk about how he went from that over to building his traffic and his team to today where he has over 17 million monthly visitors and 150 employees where they've got this incredible content authoritative site plus physical products. Dr. Axe is also talking about what's really working for online businesses today because it's different than when he started um, back in 2008. So we're talking about the importance of choosing a niche, how to know when to hire and how to find the right team. Ooh, then we take a really fun detour into this topic of biblical medicine, which I'd never heard about before, and traditional Chinese medicine. And then, of course, I'm asking Dr. Axe about his personal practices with email and productivity and social media. And he's sharing why social media might actually be the biggest thing holding you back in your business. And finally, we wrap up by talking about how to design your business for maximum meaning and impact. This podcast episode is a goldmine of wisdom from somebody who has built an incredible online wellness business. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And please share this episode and the Wellpreneur podcast in general. If you have a friend who would also like to do well and be well in their business and their life, I'd love it if you tell them about the Wellpreneur podcast and maybe even show them how to listen to a podcast. Because as I'm sure you've discovered, once you figure out how podcasts work, they are just such an amazing resource. So next time you're out for coffee with that friend, just you know, ask her for her phone and show her how to subscribe to the Wellpreneur podcast. I think she'll thank you. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. And here we go into this episode with Dr. Josh Axe. Dr. Josh Axe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm sure everyone cannot wait to hear from you because if you Google anything online having to do with health and wellness, your website comes up. So um, I've been really looking forward to talking with you about that and how you made that happen. Um, so I always like to start off by asking, how do you describe what you do? Oh, well, I would say in general, I uh, 
you know, I teach people to use food as medicine and I teach people, uh, how, how to use natural medicine and natural ways to get themselves healthy. And so, and that was sort of born out of a, uh, health crisis in my family. But yeah, for me, my, my passion is teaching people, um, you know, what our ancient ancestors did ways they stayed healthy through things like traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda and other things like that. But in general, I would say, what do I do? I teach people how to use food as medicine. Awesome. Um, and I'm sure like loads of the listeners can totally relate to that because that's what so many of us do that listen to this podcast is is try to find these natural ways and especially this, you know, relying on ancient wisdom and these proven, these time-tested ways, I guess, to bring us back into balance in our lives. Um, so like take us along a little bit on your business journey. I think you're a you're a chiropractor and have a few other qualifications as well. How did you where did you start in business and, and then kind of take us to today? Sure. So, yeah, my background is uh, my de- de- degrees in chiropractic. And I got a few other certifications and things along the way, uh, like a, a nutrition certification and also a natural a doctor of natural medicine certification over the years, too. But, yeah, my I uh, and even going back, I'll just jump back a little bit. But I I've always sort of had a passion for health and fitness. So I was a personal trainer in college and then started sort of acting as a nutritionist, even even throughout part of school. And I just loved um, helping people get healthy. It became a passion of mine. Um, and that's so that's really where sort of that health journey started. And uh, and then, Amanda, do you want me to get into more sort of, I guess, just sort of how you know, sort of, sort of how my, my business went from point A to point B. Where yeah, I am today. Well, I'm super like, yeah. so when you go to your site, for example, it's such an authority site now for such a wide variety of natural health topics. And that just doesn't happen overnight, right? <laughs> like a lot of people right. listening will have a blog to do some marketing for their business, but that's very different than the site kind of site you created. So I guess what I was really curious about was, did you have a vision for this is where you were going in the beginning? Mm. Or did you start off with like a different, like, different vision for your business or maybe you're doing stuff in person like how did how did that come about how did that evolve yeah so i you know for me i'm a very sort of mission driven and mission minded person and i'm i'm a, and a, i i am a big thinker but actually where things are today it's grown even to a point that's a little bigger than i had first dreamed or imagined and so you know i um I'm always big on, man, you know, we have one life to live and I want to use my gifts and talents. I want to honor God and I want to do big things and I want to impact a lot of lives. So, you know, for me, when I was, what's funny is when I was first uh, looking into becoming a health practitioner, um, I, uh, I, you know, the guy who was kind of talking to me about, he was a chiropractor and he said, Hey, my, my job is great. He said, you know, I, I I work three days a week and I get to golf and water ski. And I thought, okay, that sounds pretty good. But then I had a mentor in school who really sort of opened my eyes and that, you know what, we've got a world here of people that are sick and hurting, you know, people that are on antidepressant drugs, painkillers, opioids, uh, you know, all these drugs and medications, and they're not getting better. And if we can teach them these natural ways of getting healthy, everything from, you know, using food as medicine to exercise, to chiropractic, to acupuncture, then, you know, just, just look at the results you can have. So I started to see this vision that, you know, we have a world that's sick and suffering and I need to help them. So all that being said, I started having a big vision, uh, to where I saw guys like Dr. Joe Mercola. Um, and I was really impressed with what he had done and other people like Dr. Oz. And I just thought, you know what, I think I could do something similar but I was just faithful at first with just my practice. In fact, my newsletter started because I had a, I would type out a newsletter 
And I would hand that out to my patients once a week. And I had a patient who came up to me and they said, Dr. Axe, I, I love this newsletter you wrote. And the newsletter was like the top five remedies to uh, get rid of high blood pressure. You know, and I covered and I, it was a real simple one page thing. And I covered fish oil and turmeric and all these things. And they said, but, you know, is there a way I could you could post this online and I could send this to my aunt in North Carolina? And I said, uh, sure. And then I talked to my assistant. Her husband was a web designer. So we got the website up and I just started posting these articles. And over time, all these people started reading them. And, um, and, and, and I did, but even before that, or around that time, I sort of had a vision and thought, you know what, I think I could do what somebody like, uh, you know, Dr. Mercola does or, or some of these other large natural health websites. And so I just started putting those articles out over time. And what I did is I sort of had Friday afternoons where I wasn't in my clinic and that was content day, you know, and I would do four hours a week of content. You know, it's kind of like that four hour work week, but I had my other business, but I had four hours a week where I was able to start building draxx.com and the side business uh, there as well. And so one of, one of the other things that I just would say to people too is, is that, you know, I, um, I did have a big vision, but I also focused on what did I need to do right then? And I was really consistent with just getting regular content out one day a week. So one day a week, I would write an article and I would record one YouTube video. And I just was really consistent with doing that every single Friday. And, um, and over time, you know, the website just continued to grow and started to snowball, you know, a years ago and uh, grew at one point now to, you know, being the number one most visited natural health website out there, which, which I was very, um, you know, just excited about, but yeah, I, I did, you know, I had a vision, um, to grow and reach a lot of people online, but you know, never did I think that it would grow to where it's at today, especially in retail, you know, in retail now we're in whole foods market and vitamin shop, we're in target, one of the top selling, co tar you know, uh, collagen brands, if not the top selling brand in target and, and just, uh, so, so that's just, that's something I didn't foresee as having a retail brand, but that's something that, you know, I, I'm obviously very excited about, but I, I do think, and, and I'm a very, uh, sort of, uh, obsessive goal setter, you know? So, and, and I also am really committed to being my best. And this is one of the messages, Amanda, I would have for everybody listening is that if you're going to do something, do it well and do it the best. You know, I believe that the, you know, organic grass-fed cream always rises to the top. You know, I'm sure everyone on this interview would get that, but it's that thing where like, and I have this with my team and I'd say this right now, most people or a lot of people listening, they're kind of wearing all the hats. So when I started, I was writer, I was writing and editing all the articles, you know, some of the articles that are still my most popular articles on like healing leaky gut, like I wrote that and edited it and on turmeric and a lot of the others, like these were articles that I wrote. But then what I did is I created the template for a team member or somebody that I hired as a freelance to follow because there's no way I could scale a website and write, you know, at one point we were putting out, you know, 20 articles a week and now we put out closer to 10 or 15. But all that being said, there's no way I could do that all. But I create the perfect template. So I'll say, hey, at the beginning of this article, we need to cover a really surprising factor in medical statistic. And then I want to go over the nutrition facts and then the research. And then I want to go through the history. And then I want to go through uh, the action steps. Or if it's a food, hey, here's some recipes to show people how they actually can apply it into their lives and, 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 and those sort of things. And so I sort of created the template. And then I trained my writers and editors. Here's exactly how to do it. Here's the playbook for creating the perfect article. And that's the thing 
thing that, you know, if I'm going to put out something, I want it to be the absolute best. I told my editor, I said, if we go online and we search for an article on turmeric and there's one better than ours, hey, I want to take ours down, rewrite it. It should be the best out there. And I think that's one of the things that's allowed us to grow so much is the fact that uh, we believe content is king and we're going to put something out. We want it to be done uh, with excellence. Cool. I want to dig into some of those um, because one of the points I wanted to emphasize to everyone is that when we see your website, you're not writing it all yourself. And so that's not like I see, especially with a lot of people starting out, they compare their website to somebody like yours or something, some other health website they see. And that's not a fair comparison because now you have a large team of content writers and you have all the systems and the processes and all of that. Um, So just to kind of dig into this side of it, when you started, was your idea, like you were writing your own posts and things, were you more niched down into one specific area of natural health or was it still quite broad even in the beginning? You know, it's sort of this, uh, the, 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 this constant battle of, um, you know, I remember early on, I had the hardest time um, figuring out what our tagline should be. And again, for, for years, it was food is medicine. And I had a hard time even with food is medicine because I said, well, I teach fitness stuff all the time. And I talk about, you know, uh, natural therapies and that's not food. But, but you know, so I do think you need to pick a, a niche and most people need to pick a niche, especially today uh, with, with what Google's algorithm. And it's really unfortunate that they've... Uh, set up the algorithm the way they have. And that's a whole nother topic, but it's, um, you know, I do think today you absolutely want a niche. And so, um, but all that being said for me early on, no, it was just, I, I had a passion for natural health and just teaching people how to avoid drugs and surgery, teaching people how to overcome medical conditions. And so that was my focus was, Hey, if you've got any medical condition you can describe, here are the best natural remedies and diets for that specific condition. But no, I, I, I didn't nail down or say, hey, we're just doing fibromyalgia or hypothyroidism or leaky gut. Uh, but in terms of my website content, but honestly, today for most people, I actually do think people are better off doing that. And then let me say this, and, and I'm not saying that because um, it's... Uh, because I followed that path because we didn't as much early on, but now it's changed. It's totally changed. Yeah. But it's changed. And so like now we're going back just so you know, with drx.com and we are creating hubs for specific niches. And we have to do that because that's the way Google's algorithm is set up. So I'm saying this to sort of like bless and, and give wisdom to everybody because I have a whole team of people looking at Google algorithm and what's going on. And Google wants to see you being an authority on a specific topic and it can't be too broad. So you need to have like, for instance, like if you're going to write a, uh, if, if you're going to specialize in, you know, again, in fibromyalgia, you want to have 50 articles on fibromyalgia and getting backlinks all about fibromyalgia. So it needs to be relevant. But all that being said, no, I absolutely recommend people pick a niche. Mm-hmm. And um, another aspect I was curious about is now, like you said, retail is such a big part of your business that you didn't anticipate. When did you decide to start? You created supplement lines and and things like that, right? So when did you start to branch into that? Yeah, so, you know, many years of my career, I was flying solo and um, and then, you know, obviously brought on team members. And let me say this is too, and I'm going to answer that in one second. I, I did, I did want to say too, I think it's so important again that if you want to, 
you know, if you want to build a, a, a larger business um, that's outside of you, you got to hire really high level team members or, or contractors, you know, people that are just do their work with excellence, but you can't be hands off and just kind of say, Hey, just kind of do what you think. Most of the time, again, you need to create a playbook, whether it be customer service, whether it be, you have a writer on staff, an editor, a recipe creator, a graphic designer, you need to lead them and show them and tell them and sort of coach them on here's exactly what things need to look like. And I still have to do that today with our social media. Mm-hmm. team and really anybody we work with. So again, I did want to just say well, that. Yeah, let's talk about that now because I did and we can get back to the products in a second because I did want to talk about team um, because you're totally right. I mean, you, you there's no way you could be running the business that you do on your own. You, <laughs> you would never sleep. Um, so what, what was your first hire? Who was your first hire? So my first hire was uh, her name was Lori and, and Lori, she was sort of I'll call her a jack of all trades. OK, she was pretty good at social media. She was pretty good at, uh, she could do, you know, videos. She was, was a a good writer, you you know, and and here's the thing I'm I'm not, and I don't say say this, like Lori's an amazing person. Like now I think she's a yoga instructor here in Nashville. And so she's great, but she wasn't like, and she would say this for herself. She wasn't like an all-star writer. She wasn't an all-star videographer. She, but she was just kind of good at everything. So she kind of just took the things off of my plate that I couldn't do, you know? So I was able to, uh, teach what I'm good at and, um, and create content. And then she kind of did the rest. She took those things off my plate and that was my first hire. Well, over time, she ended up uh, moving to New Zealand. And, but then I hired uh, a guy named Evan Tardy, who eventually became our company president. And Evan, um, I was looking for somebody who sort of had that digital marketing background. And, and th- th- he was good at other things and he was willing to do other things. But I hired him. Uh, his brother was a friend of mine. And he said, hey, my brother's graduating Texas Tech. And, and he said, hey, could he interview with you? And I'm like, well, I'm really not hiring, but just as a, it's kind of as a favor, I'll talk to him. And he said something to me when he was on the con, I just thought, man, I, I need to hire this guy. And I knew he had, he, he had a little bit of his, he was willing to learn, but he said, listen, I'll do anything for you. He said, I'll, I'll even stack chairs. And he was just very passionate. He said, you know, I, he's like, I love your brand. I love what you do. And just so you know, if I don't know it, I'll learn how to do it. And he had a really coachable, grateful, humble spirit. And I thought, man, you know what? He's not there yet. He doesn't have the skill set yet, but I can mold him into being just, you know, a a great team leader. And he turned out to be that again. He went from literally shipping boxes out of my garage, you know, with packing tape to being the company president of 150 team members and, you know, a, a, a really successful brand. And again, and listen, I'm not trying to take, first off, Evan is an amazing, amazing human being and just a very capable leader. So whether I was there or not, I'm sure he would have had massive success. But again, I just encourage people to do this with all your team. There there are certain things you want to look for when you're hiring, if it's a full-time team member, especially. Now, sometimes if it's a contractor and you're not working with them long-term, maybe this isn't as important, but you need to find somebody that's hungry. That's the first word. They are hungry and they're willing to learn and be coached. Okay. So that's the first thing is hungry and coachable that you want to look for in a team member. The second thing you look for is, hey, do they have the right skill set, right? They actually have to have the skill set and the talent to do what they need to accomplish. And the other thing I really look for when I hire people is looking for people that have a spirit of gratefulness and that are entitled. People that are entitled, and unfortunately, this is most people today, uh, they feel like they owe you, you owe them something. 
and versus they're grateful. I mean, they're, they're excited to be part of the team. They're so grateful for the opportunity. They're, they're excited to be part of the mission. And so, you know, I think those are three characteristics when I'm hiring that I really look for in people. And listen, if somebody's coachable and willing to learn, um, they'll eventually, you know, they'll eventually figure it out and become great at whatever they're doing if they have some of the right skill set there in, in the first place. And so that's kind of what I look for in a team member. But again, it's so important, like with Evan, him and I together really looked at, okay, if we're going to do social media, what's the best form of way to do social media? And so we will study competitors and we will study people that are the best in those two things, people that are the best in the industry and competitors. So I'll give you an example. If we're trying to, if you're building out a natural health website, and for me, let's go back seven, eight years ago, when I was looking at the best out there, I was, I would look at like Huffington Post because they were exploding at the time, you know? So that's an example of a big site that was really, you know, growing in that way. And then I'd look at like WebMD. And then I would go and say, who are my competitors that are the best? And I would look at Dr. Mercola. At the time, it was like naturalnews.com, mindbodygreen. Um, and so I looked at all those people and said, what are they doing right? And again, you never copy anybody, but you look at what are the you look for patterns. What are the things that they're doing great at that is allowing them to succeed? So we started seeing the patterns of Huffington Post. They put out a lot of content. That's really what they did. And Mercola, man, they put out great content with a lot of medical citations. WebMD was highly credible with their backlink. So we started taking all of these pieces that made the most successful people and the most uh, in an industry and the most and our biggest competitors, and we sort of reversed engineered our our plan for success. Totally. That's I mean, that's such a good nugget of advice that I think anybody out there listening can can apply as well is see what those sites are really not to copy what they're doing, but see what is it that's giving them authority and what kind of things do they include in their articles and start to, you know, make sure that you have those authority building factors in yours. Um, Something else that I noticed you guys were doing is, um, and I don't, you know, I don't know at what point this started, but like I noticed now on your website, you have a big section about home remedies and then also about essential oils. And those are two topics that say over the past five years have like really exploded on Um, And so I guess, is that something like your, your team is kind of watching what are these, what are the big trending topics in wellness and then evaluating if it fits? Is that kind of... I would say it's a combination. Yeah. My, my team now does look at analytics, but honestly, for most of the career it was me. Like I, I looked at like, and I, I loved essential oils. I had a passion for them. I studied and have taught people, you know, like at my church, I've taught biblical medicine courses and, and I always loved essential oils. And so I think some of it stemmed from my passion for using them myself. But I would say, yeah, I mean, as a, tra- I mean, just to be honest with that one, we were kind of shocked. Like for a time, it was our number one form of traffic in terms of a, a niche, a, a niche, and that was essential oils it was our number one niche that we wrote about. And that was a little unexpected, but we do look at topics, for instance, keto diet, you know, that's an example of one is we put out more keto content because we saw on the analytics that that was growing in popularity. People were asking questions about it constantly. So, you know, that's, um, that's an example of that, but we always do try and keep our pulse on what's doing well. And we do that, uh, typically through social media, social media or Instagram specifically will tell you a lot about what some of the upcoming trends are going to be. 
So I'm sitting here as we're speaking, smelling some peppermint and rosemary essential oil, actually, to kind of because it's about a thousand degrees in London. So I'm trying to keep my brain a bit <laughs> sharp. But yeah, I love yep. essential oils also. Um, I, this is totally kind of off topic. But what's biblical medicine? That sounds oh, sure. Really interesting. So, yeah. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of different forms of medicine. There's Ayurvedic medicine, there's Chinese medicine, there's Greek medicine, there's Egyptian medicine, uh, biblical medicine. We could also call it sort of ancient Israeli medicine or Jewish medicine there as well. And so it's a, you know, it's some of the medical practices that were recommended both uh, some in the Bible today and also by ancient um, physicians such as Maimonides. So a lot of people have heard of like Hippocrates, right? Hippocrates was was a Greek physician. Well, Maimonides was a Jewish physician that was probably one of the, in my mind, one of the top 10 brilliant uh, ancient physicians of all time up there with Hippocrates and maybe even beyond in, in certain instances. And so um, Israeli medicine or biblical or Jewish medicine, however you want to put it, is really sort of a combination of, again, uh, from these ancient Israeli practitioners. And, you know, they'll, they'll recommend things like they recommended fasting. They would recommend prayer. Essential oils is probably in Middle Eastern uh, Israeli biblical medicine. They probably have recommended essential oils more than anywhere else in the world. In fact, they used to have a blend called the Holy Anointing Oil. It was a blend of uh calamus oil, myrrh, cassia, cinnamon, and olive oil. And when you were sick, they would actually take this oil and sort of anoint your head. And so it was almost like today, like, you know, some of these companies have blends that are sort of like, almost like On Guard or Thieves or Immunity Age, you know, a different bunch of different brands out there have different names. But it was like that, which was uh, diluted with olive oil, but they would pour it on people and, and use that for healing. And then again, there's certain foods uh, that were recommended, um, certain practices in terms of cleanliness. So anyways, but biblical medicine is really, it's a, a form of medicine that's almost as old as, or probably just as old as Chinese medicine and Ayurveda um, that's been practiced for probably about eh, 4,000 years. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So I want to get your opinion on this. So I'm really interested in kind of tracing our ancestors. I wasn't planning on mentioning this, but we'll just, since you kind of brought it up, like tracing our ancestors, figuring out where we're from, and then just having people kind of explore, well, what would your ancestors have done? Like what traditions did they have? Mm-hmm. What foods would they have eaten? What, what, you know, just what practices would they have done? And just to experiment with it and see if I eat like that, if I do those practices, do I feel different? Does it resonate with me some on some deeper level, you know, because that's what my ancestors maybe did for thousands of years. What do you think about that? Have you had any experience with that? Yeah. Lots, lots, uh, in fact. And, and what I'm going to say might be just similar, but just slightly different than, than just talking about straight ethnicity. But you know, my greatest passion, what I've studied most by far for the past five years has been Chinese medicine. And I really believe that traditional Chinese medicine may in fact be the most accurate uh, or to me, uh, the most effective form of um, medicine that I've ever used with anybody. In fact, if I get people tell ask, what, how do I eat today? It's probably a traditional Chinese medicine type diet. Mm. And within Chinese medicine, they have what are called the five elements. And it's really putting people in five different categories of, um, of, of sort of personality traits, but also health traits. And so, you know, if anybody's ever taken a, a profile, a personality profile, such as Myers-Briggs or DISC or Enneagram, Chinese medicine did that. They would take your personality and they lined it up with 
also uh, your your sort of health characteristics, what diseases you, you're probably going to be most susceptible, what foods are best for you to eat, things to be conscious of. So within the five elements, they also look at the, and, and you can tell by somebody's body type. You can tell by their personality, the emotions they experience. So the five it's elements. Like this, it's like similar to the doshas in Ayurveda. That that's kind of exactly idea. right. That's exactly right. And so in five elements, for instance, and this is something that's really big for people to know, Amanda, is that when you experience a specific emotion, it taxes a specific organ or can build disease in a specific organ. So we know this to be true. Think about this. If a child has a nightmare at night and they end up wetting the bed, that's because of fear, okay? And so we know the emotion of fear, or if somebody gets really scared, they can wet themselves. And so the emotion of fear causes dysfunction of the bladder, the kidneys, and the reproductive organs. Now think about this. If somebody doesn't have massive fear at one time, like a nightmare and wet themselves, but if somebody has fear, let's say somebody has fear of failure, or fear of disappointing their parents or a spouse, or fear in their life, that taxes the adrenals, the kidneys, and reproductive organs and causes disease in those organs over time. I believe that's the cause of infertility in a lot of people today, of adrenal fatigue. We know that, right? That fight or flight response taxes the adrenals, which sit on the kidneys and that whole area. And, and then we have the emotion of worry. That taxes the stomach, right? People can get a stomach ache if they worry too much, so the emotion of worry causes dysfunction of your upper GI, your pancreas, your, uh, your, your stomach, and your spleen. The emotion of anger, impatience, and frustration causes disease of your liver and gallbladder. The emotion of grief and depression taxes your immune system, which is your lungs and colon. And the emotion of anxiety or nervousness taxes your heart and your sympathetic nervous system. And so if we have these emotions we experience, that become too consistent and too strong, it's going to cause disease in that specific organ. And certain elements tend to have different emotions when they come into conflict. So an earth element in Chinese medicine, when you look at them, they tend to be more round in their appearances, okay? And personality-wise, if they were a dog, you'd call them a golden retriever, okay? So if you know anybody and they're just, they're joyful, they're, they tend to be happy, they're kind of nourishing, you know, maybe a mother hen of the group and just that sort of person, uh, those people tend to deal with worry the most, okay? So they need to know, and the most common medical conditions that are associated with those people are diabetes. They tend to have a slower metabolism. They can put on weight more easily, and so they need to be conscious of that. So their body, they need to be consuming foods that are orange and red. So think about fall, like those sort of Thanksgiving meals. Cinnamon is fantastic for them, but they need to be consuming foods that both nourish their spleen and pancreas and also help keep insulin balanced is really critical for them. And I could go on, I could talk about this for the next five hours, but all that being said, um, yes, I believe that eating for your element or your dosha or some to a degree ethnicity, but I think it's more so how you're wired in terms of your element or dosha. Mm, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I've looked a bit into China. I've studied quite a bit about um, Western herbal medicine. And then I lived in Hong Kong for two years where I was just so inspired by it. You're just surrounded by Chinese medicine there with the little tea shops with medicinal teas. Wow. Um, it was really fascinating. Um, and it just, it's incredible how well it still works and how ancient it is. It's like we're rediscovering now things that 
haven't really been lost. It's just we weren't aware of them. We'd kind of started to ignore them in the West. So yeah, it's really cool. Um, is there a resource on your website where people can find out more about the five types and everything? Because I'm sure some people are like, oh, tell us the other types. Sure. Well, I um I have uh I've written articles on Chinese medicine, so people can just look up Doctor Axe TCM or Chinese medicine, and so I've covered it somewhat. But I would look. There are other resources out there, so I would look up just five elements of Chinese medicine, and uh, and 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 that's that's where I would start is sort of checking that out. And you might even look up five elements Chinese medicine quiz, and I think there's a couple quizzes online to find out what element uh, element you are. Mm. Cool. Okay. I want to shift direction a little bit to you and being well as an entrepreneur, because um, I guess your business has so many moving parts now. And as I'm sure you know, because you love what you do, it's easy to work all the time if you want to. And so I'm curious, what are your own, how do you relate to work? How do you keep some sort of balance? Um, What are your personal practices around that? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll just share this too, Amanda, is that early on in my career, I overdid it. Okay. My first three years in practice, I was working too many hours. I gave myself leaky gut and it, not because I didn't eat healthy. It was because I would wake up at you know 6 a.m. and then I would start working and then I'd work out. But then I would like, even when I got home from work at whether it was 6 p.m. or 8 p.m., whatever time, I'd then still be on my laptop. Like I never unplugged. And that's the biggest thing I, I, I do want to share that with people is that, man, you have to unplug and sometimes do nothing. And at first, I actually felt guilty about it. I felt guilty if I was reading a novel. I felt guilty if I wasn't doing something all the time. And I had this sort of driven to be successful. And I realized too, you know what? And, and by the way, this is very Western in our nature. And this is what society tells you is you need to look, you know, a very specific way. You know, when you look up success magazines, who are the most successful people? Well, it's always people that made the most money, right? Or, or achieved a certain set status or won a certain award. And I really had to, uh, really sort of dig, go deep within myself, but also in my relationship to God and think about my purpose and mission here on earth. And I realized that my purpose here on earth was more about uh, having a great relationship with God and with people and fulfilling my life calling, which is just, you know, helping transform lives, helping people get healthy. But I'm not graded on that. I'm not judged on that. I needed to find balance. And so for me, I started implementing in my life really times of rest and recovery. And I, I got out a sheet of paper and wrote down my biggest priorities. And it was God. It was my family. Uh, it was my closest friends. And then it was, hey, it was my mission. And then I started cutting things out of my life that were maybe I was doing out of obligation, but things that I really didn't feel like I was called to do. And then I wrote down things that really rejuvenate me. And so again, it was like, I I mean, just I'll share this. Like I love uh, superheroes and I love like <laughs> fantasy novels. Like I love mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Like I love books like that. And so I started reading reading more because I just, and, and not a personal growth book. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That doesn't count. Like I started reading books that I just, I just loved. I started, you know, like walking trails. I started doing, uh, like, uh, just weekend retreats and hanging and, and hanging out with some really good friends, maybe playing tennis or golf or, or something like that, you know, just like, or just, or just having a good conversation. So I started scheduling in times in my life to really recharge and relax and I became more effective for, and I'll tell you that the time when my business grew the most was a time I actually, I injured my back, uh, weightlift, doing CrossFit weightlifting. And I was out for a few months and 
mean, my business grew the most then when I was probably doing the least amount of work. And it was because, Hey, I just get on the phone and just connect with my company president on a, like, you know, like two days a week. And, and I really got better at having my team do things rather than me trying to do it all. But all that being said, I do think that people need to practice. The biggest thing is, yeah, you got to eat healthy, right? You got to be conscious of the sugar intake and everything else. But I think for a lot of people, the biggest reason why health people, health practitioners, whether it's a yoga instructor or a medical doctor, the reason why people get sick today is stress. You have not created a margin in your life for time where you are just not doing something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I've heard quite a few people and I've experimented with myself, just like taking Sundays totally offline. Or, you know, no electronics after 8 p.m. or something. And it makes a huge difference. Like, it's amazing how much attention we put on our devices and just on being connected. Even when you're not actively doing it, you're always kind of like waiting for the ding, you know, (laughs) waiting for the alert. Um, Yeah. So making that space to just relax and, and giving yourself a buffer. I'm curious, what's your personal relationship with, like, how do you deal with email and social media in your own life? Do you still do email and social media? Do you put boundaries around them? What do you do? Oh, you mean just, what do you mean by email? Well, so like not for your business. I mean, for you, like you responding to email yourself, do you put limits around it or like, and like, do you use social media yourself? Like not for your business, just kind of your relationship with those two things as a person. Sure. Yeah. That's a good question. So for me, I, um, yeah, I'm on, uh, I do some Instagram on occasion. Like, so for instance, my team, they'll probably do maybe like four posts a week or five and I'll do like one or two, you know? Um, and so like, you know, so like anytime we do an infographic, I don't do that, but if it's a personal picture, most of the time it's Chelsea and I, or we have Chelsea's, you know, if we're on vacation and, and her mom is there, her mom will take pictures of us, that sort of thing. So if it's a personal picture, actually, most of the time it is just me or us taking a picture or having some friends take it. And so I'm somewhat active on Instagram. Maybe I jump on there once a day and I'll flip through for, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. And it's either looking at health stuff or sometimes it's, I mean, my, my, my wife loves, and I do too, like building things and looking at houses or those sort of things. So maybe I'll look at a cool house or I don't know, something like that. So, so I'm on there a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not on there like five times a day and I'm not spending hours again, I'm probably on there for a little bit. And then really I'm not on Facebook very much and I'm really almost never on YouTube. So really I'm on Instagram a little bit. And then, um, so I really don't spend much time personally on social media. Um, and has that been hard? Like, did you feel, cause I know some people like in my community, they'll, it's so easy to go on social media, like on Instagram, on your phone, that it becomes a real source of procrastination thinking that they're doing research or something. Yeah. The amount of time people waste on social media is it's 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 sad and it's terrifying because I'll just share this. I'm actually doing a talk at our church tonight on leadership and talking about how we use our time. And, you know, and today think about it, like you have one life to live. And, and I'll tell you right now, spending time on social media um, is one of the worst ways you can use your time for success, but also how you use your talents. Think about this. If I mean, the average person, I mean, truly so many people will spend two hours a day on social media. If you took that same two hours and read a book for an hour and worked on something for an hour, like right now, like I'm going to write a business book at some point in my career and probably won't be for another five years. But currently right now, 
I'm working on the book. Like I, I'm, you know, doing research online. Like I have the chapters laid out. And again, it's not going to come out for five years probably or more. I don't know. At some point I'll write a book on business, but like I'm actually keeping quotes I like for it now. So just think about that. Like use your time doing that, you know, writing a book, doing research, growing, you know, reading a Bible or a personal growth book or something that's motivating and stimulating where you're learning something new. Like, like I'll read on Chinese medicine, like, like, you know, yesterday, uh, not yesterday, sorry, a couple of weeks ago, like I talked about Maimonides, I looked up and I just read everything I could on Maimonides rather than surfing Facebook and Instagram. And so not to say, but, but I think people just need to schedule that. No, Hey, I, I can get on Instagram once or twice a day. Uh, but again, we just sort of live in the state. Of, and I was talking to a group about this the other day too. We have less conversations because of it. Like when I talked about our purpose and mission earlier, like I really believe my purpose and mission is to love God and love people, like love and connect with people. It's about relationships. When you leave this earth, almost anything you've done that's of significance is through a relationship. It's, you know, saying an encouraging word to, to, to somebody and inspiring them. It's helping somebody improve their life in some ways. Just again, saying something with kindness or, or doing a kind act and someone else saying that it affects them. So again, almost everything you do worth something is, is via a relationship. Social media has removed us from real authentic relationships today. Like when we fly today, no one talks to the person next to them on a flight. We're all on our phone the whole time. When we drive anywhere, if we are out to eat, you know, 75% of the time, someone's on their phone. So all that being said, I, sorry, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. All that being said, I really would listen. The most successful people in the world, listen, when Steve Jobs was alive or Bill Gates today, for them and for their kids, they restrict the amount of time they can be on social media because they know, and they created the things, or some of these people, Mark Zuckerberg, all these other people, they restrict their own time and other in their families, their kids' time on social media because they know what a brain suck it is and that that doesn't lead to success. And so listen, for anybody on here, no, yeah, I jump on email and probably answer it once or twice a day, like I have stuff built up in my inbox, but then I'll schedule like 45 minutes and I just crank through it. And typically I get it done faster than that. But it's like, just check your email twice a day. Don't, some people will sit there and like, what, when's the next email? So I can just, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. killer to have. Oh, or to check what I did for a long time is as soon as I wake up, I check my email on my phone, you know, because my phone was my the alarm worst. clock. It's so bad. And I finally I couldn't break the habit until I finally bought an alarm clock and my phone doesn't live in the bedroom. And that broke the habit. And it's been huge, life changing, like really. so smart. Yeah. So smart. You know, every morning I, I do what I call my spiritual triathlon. And so I like, like I'm like all into when I. I do the most important things in my day first. That's what I always try and do. So I, I, when I wake up in the morning, I go, I have a vision board up and I go and I spend five minutes and just being grateful and just sort of being in prayerful and praise for what God's given me. I spend five minutes in uh, reading something that helps me grow. It's a devotion, a Bible, something to just personal growth, something that just helps me grow. And then I spend five minutes in sort of prayer, meditation, visualization, and that's just 15 minutes every morning. But I'm telling you, it radically changes my day when I do that. And then I'll and then I'll work on the things that are the biggest needle movers for my lifetime goals. But yeah, I mean, again, the worst thing you can do in the morning is jump on email or social media. You should have a rule. You cannot look at email or social media until you're awake for at least three hours or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. 
So as we get to the end of our conversation today, I wonder if there's any kind of like, you know, last thoughts you want to leave with people that are really trying to make an impact in health and wellness and start their businesses and get out there in a bigger way. What what would you like to share with them? Yeah. So what, what I always start with is with the end in mind. And so this is a practice that I've done and I've coached other people to do this on. And I'll tell you, it's had a big effect in my life. But the first thing I'll do is I'll really think through and I encourage everybody to do this. Number one, write down what matters. 25 years from now, what do you want your life to look like? And I can tell you for me, I'll just share my vision. Like in 25 years, I want to have helped regenerative agriculture. I want to have helped uh, us change the way we do farming. And we have wild livestock. Everything is grass-fed. We are create. We're, we are using uh, plants to help rebuild the soil, changing the ecosystem. Like that's one of the things I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about teaching people principles of leadership and, and having you know thousands of people who are living a better life, acting with more love, kindness, and with a mission mindset because of me. So thousands of people doing that. And so I can really see in 25 years the impact that I've had on this world in changing this world. And so knowing that that's the impact I want to have and it's in also visualizing my family. I have, you know, I have three kids and my wife is a big Duke fan. And so I picture them going to, you know, Duke university, one playing soccer. I see, you know, one of them being in the health field, another being in, in ministry, another one being a CEO of a company. Like, so like I would spend time visualizing what is the impact you want to have on this world? And then what I do is I'll write down my goals. I'll write down one-year goals, five-year goals, and 25-year goals on if I want to achieve and have this impact on the world. And think big, but that's really where I, I would encourage you to start is, you know, if you don't have the end in mind, if you're running a race and you don't even know where the finish line is, mm-hmm. you'll never get there. And so I, w- I would, number one, spend time in visualization. Number two, write down those specific goals. Number three, strategize and prioritize strategize if you want to write that book that transforms a life, if you want to have that mission, you know, write down the strategy of how many pages do you need to write a week? Um, what are the best resources to get it written? Write all those things down and then prioritize all the things in your life that aren't amounting to good that you're wasting your time doing. Move them out of your life. Maybe there's a couple people in your life that are that, that are sabotaging your success. Push them out. Maybe there's two people you need to get into your life. Write down those people, but prioritize your time and strategize and then put things in your schedule. Change, you know, as uh, I believe, uh, what is Aristotle or Socrates said, we are what we repeatedly do, those daily habits. Schedule in those daily habits in the morning of that spiritual triathlon or that hour of power, as Tony Robbins calls it, that, uh, that hour where you are working on the things that matter most every single morning. And, um, and so, so that's what I would say is, listen, you're, you have one life to live. Don't be like dust in the wind where you're letting the world decide what you do with your time. Be strategic and intentional about what you do. And I think people are going to have more success for it again, because that's really the way I've lived my life is being very strategic about, and that's not to say I don't have margin for adventure and fun and randomness, but at the same time, again, you got to know that, hey, the, the, you know, there's a finish line, there's a race, and you want to make sure you make the most of your journey. So I think that's, uh, you know, that, that practice of visualization, goal setting, scheduling, daily habits, I think is something that, uh, you know, I would encourage people to do. 
Josh, thank you so much for sharing all your experience with such generosity and really being open about how your company's working. Um, it's been really, really helpful for me and I'm sure a lot of people listening. Um, tell us, tell them where they can find out more about you, you know, learn, read all your amazing articles, get your supplements, all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. Well, you can learn more on draxe.com. That's D-R-A-X-E.com. And in the future, if you ever have any sort of health thing you want to look up, uh, we write the most in-depth articles on a lot of this, these topics. So if you want to look up keto, look up Dr. Axe Keto on Google or Dr. Axe Turmeric. We got a lot of products, including uh, a multi-collagen protein, bone broth protein, which personally is a supplement I take the most. I mean, this bone broth, I mean, I, the, how fast my skin, how healthy my skin looks, my hair is thicker, my nails from drinking this bone broth protein. Um, and people can find it at Whole Foods or on our website and that sort of thing. But if you want to connect with me regularly, I think Instagram... Facebook and YouTube are good. You can just search Dr. Josh Axe. And by the way, my wife is, she's really into natural beauty and health. She's a great person to follow as well. She has a big uh, fitness and beauty and nutrition routine coming out with Oxygen Magazine and Clean Eating Magazine. Her name is Dr. Chelsea Axe. So you can look up Dr. Chelsea Axe on Instagram too. But uh, man, I want to say, hey, thanks so much for having me. I love what you do. And you know, I, I love doing uh, podcasts like this because I know a lot of people listening are mission-oriented entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that are out there transforming health. And I know that if we're going to do it, we need to do it together. So again, I just uh, am uh, excited to, uh, yeah, I, I was just excited and honored to be on today. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you could be here. And we will link up all that stuff in the show notes so people can get to it really easily and um, send some new people your way. So thanks so much for your time. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. As always, you can get all the links in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget that now until September 4th, 2019, the doors are open for founding members of Alchemy and Action. If you would really like to step into a new way of living and working filled with rituals, remedies, and practical action to help your work feel more easy and flowing, then I'd love to invite you into Alchemy in Action. You can learn more at wellpreneuronline.com slash alchemy. Okay, that's it for me this week. Have a fantastic week, and I will see you back here very soon with the next episode. 